Since Melanie loves pigs so much, maybe she'd like to take custody of Elvis. He must be lonely out there in the garage. <laughs> he is in the garage, isn't he? Oh, Carl, he was hideous. <laughs> I couldn't run the risk of you stumbling across him and getting all attached. Where is he? He's on a big pig farm with lots of other little pigs and he's very happy. I didn't know there was a farm for ceramic pigs. I've got to tell Melanie about it. Oh. We went into hard rubbish five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, Tony. Oh, come on. Look at his face. I love that pig. Oh, oh honestly. Oh, you. <laughs> Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we pick apart episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours that have aired on Australian screens. We are a month before the UK. I really hope they are still working on amending that at some point. Just the way scientists worked to solve the pandemic with a vaccine, I hope that there's someone somewhere working at syncing up UK with Australian screens. Anyway, I am Vaya Pashos. I am a writer, but I cannot suspend disbelief. And I am connecting via the Hive's podcasting space to CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Hello. Hello, everyone. What's the go with Melbourne? Do you want to sum up for our pals overseas? Oh, um, you remember when Millsy lost his memory? <laughs> We're kind of like in that stage when he knew he was a creep, but he didn't have all his memories back yet. <laughs> so we had this amnesic, am, am, amne- amnesiac <laughs> summer where it felt like things were over. <laughs> yeah, that was a, fe- a fever dream. Yeah, other than my birthday, which we were locked down for because that's mm. that's the traditional way to spend my birthday. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly... We were woken up from a coma and it was like, no, 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 no. You've tried to kill people. You put people. <laughs> and like a soap opera, like the Monday of that week was Dr. baby Dr. Carl's birthday and it was a beautiful sunny day and we went to a, like the Flamingo Bar, we went to a restaurant with a fake beach. Mm-hmm. It's like a surf beach next to it. And we were basking in the sun, enjoying the waves, having the time of our lives. And then by that Thursday, the whole of the city had shut down and we couldn't go anywhere. I'm like, but... But we were just watching the episode where we were outside in the sun. Yeah. Where did it go? And you just had um, the birthday party, yep. the big first birthday. So and, lucky. And, Hashtag blessed. And I must say, like, last year before we went into the, you know, mammoth lockdown, which mm. would be, you know, Finn's coma, mm. um, we knew that was coming. Yeah. For like a week or two, things were looking weird, but this was really very quick. <laughs> it really was. It, re- it really was. Finn's like, I'm going to the container, ship it, the storage locker. I'm going to get my chemical terrorism plans and we are on the road. I'm like, okay, mate, sure. Yeah, like you're playing with the sand one day and then you're yeah. just experimenting with poisoning students the next. Like it's very, you know. So we're, CJ, what a CJ means to say is Melbourne has sort of opened back up, but we're not at full capacity yet. So we can't have people in our homes, mm. hence remote recording yet again. Um, mm. Which, like, whatever. Who cares how people record their podcasts? But to us, it's a very personal face-to-face experience. So we get discombobulated. We like to hang out when we do it. So that's the way it is. And also, Usually, it's, yeah, it's an hour of mucking around and then the podcast and then another hour of debrief. <laughs> yeah. But I went out to the city last night, which is in my 25 kilometres. You did. And um, you got I went, on the source. I did. I went to a grunge bar. And Actually, you were qu- probably quite near a lot of the street graffiti that Ned used to do tours to when he was at Lasters. It would have been, yeah. And look, it was... I mean, it was fun to go out. I mean, it's very weird and triggering to go out and, you know, go to a bar but, like, have a book table (laughs) and Mm. sit in a corner and all this kind of stuff. But with any hope, we got it in time and, you know, we can go back to that amnesic state (laughs) that we're in summer. Yeah, so we're nearly there. And I – look, I'm on the source. I've got a Bailey's. I'm at my mum's house um, receiving care. That's one of the Mm. reasons you're allowed to not be in your home. I'm at my mum's house. And so I've tucked into her liquor cabinet with some Baileys on ice. So if you hear a little crinkle, crinkle, clinkle, I'm not going to try and mask that because what else do we have going on? 
Do you know what I'm having straight out of the heart of Levi? I'm having protein um, hot chocolate. (laughs) Oh, no. What does that involve? (laughs) It's protein powder with hot chocolate with with foamed almond milk. (laughs) It's delicious. Gross. It does sound delicious. Someone's got to give Levi a thumbs up, don't they? Yeah, Levi's rattling around on his own. He needs someone Mm. to talk to instead of Googling the cast of Playing for Keeps. Now, I just got a text through from my mate, Nikki. I borrow a lot of her turns of phrase. I enjoy them. And I just asked her for some phrases that can stand in for the word dumb because I don't want to say that. Oh. And she's, she's given me a choice list here. And so see if you can pick them up when we get there later in the episode. Okay. When I might need to use them. I actually use the word dumb today, but I don't actually like it. No, it's you don't terrible. like it. And I don't like it. As, yeah, it's no good. Yeah, It's not all about book smarts. No, I was describing my GAT test, which I believe um, we've had on Neighbours with Xanthi when she was studying to try and go to Trump University. Yeah. So I'll use a different word. I describe my results as as useless as a box of pom-poms. Well, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I find pom-poms quite useful. I'm a crafty yeah. gal. <laughs> well, there we go. And that's where you found me. Yep. <laughs> now, Neighbours Council business. Sweetie, it's just business. Apologies, the schedule for this podcast, it's been higgledy-piggledy, as you're aware. You've listened to it when you've listened to it. And we update people in the Neighbours Council on Facebook when we can. Not only have we been in lockdown, and that just messes with everyone's systems, but this month I'm solo parenting, and I will never not harp on about it because, my God, it's unrelenting. It is unrelenting. That's why I've come for a reprieve at my mum's house. It's, I'm having a lot of fun. Like, I'm just doing a lot of mother-son time. But gosh, a one-year-old. Lately, I've been so exhausted that I just fall asleep when he's napping. Yeah, we're doing our best. I think that's that's the main part. Yeah. But despite lockdown, I had a lovely day out with two of the neighbors today with Kate's kids, babies Harold and Madge, and baby Dr. Carl all hang out in a nature park. And retired racehorses live there. And it's, we got to pat horses and it was really sweet. Yeah, they're looked after. It's wholesome content. It's lovely because baby Dr. Carl and baby Harold, I guess they're like the second coming of the neighbors. Whereas um, baby Madge and baby Lou were the OGs and they're five and six now. And they very much are the OGs, like in personality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Patreon, up to date. I'm so thrilled. Uh, All the trimmings are up there and the latest one is Kate's Plant Rant. That's a bit of a fun time. Oh, do I have to listen to that even though I'm subscribed? No, you don't have to. It's choice. It's all – it's the choice is yours as a patron. Really? That's what feminism is. It's it's the power to have choices. (laughs) Take or leave those plant rants. But CJ, you helped me go through a very old episode – of it was going to be the Stage Door podcast where my friend Jelly and I went to go and review Ben Hall's play in Sydney and it was four years ago and Jelly, like me, sometimes things go by the wayside and she's got a few episodes that never made it to her podcast and this was one of them and she said I could just share it on Patreon. So I'll put it up for free. It's there now. Um, It was quite an intellectual discussion. Oh, it very much was. And I was surprised because obviously I've never seen the play. So it was it was wonderful to edit it because Ned's kind of like in the show quite a bit right now because mm. he's like involved in one of the main storylines a little bit. And so I was thinking about your critique of his play, which is, of course, glowing. Of like course. if anyone, if anyone's I'm, wondering. <laughs> I'm quite proud that I did not objectify him in that in that review at all in any way, shape or form. No, you didn't. I kept um, waiting for it. I'm like, did CJ cut this out? Like, what happened? I didn't objectify him. No, you just gushed. <laughs> so it was a good listen, so check it out. That's patreon.com slash neighbourspod. The trimming we're going to save this time is um, the little rift that's happened between Harlow and Mackenzie's friendship. So she's doing business with you. This is the week commencing, 7th of June. We'll get to it, but the week kind of kicks off with some drama between Amy and Roxy, Amy accusing her employee of stealing from the till, which is like an old-fashioned crime. Like, Who's even paying cash anymore that there's cash in the till? So we'll put their differences aside for the minute because that kind of all culminates in the big event of the week. What we need to kick off proceedings with here is a momentous day. It's Mm. Tuesday's episode on the 8th. With a literal ceramic pig storyline. Hallelujah. 
This must be a shout-out. It, uh, they may as well have called the little black and white pig that Melanie had, they may as well have called it Vaya. Oh, I was surprised. It was called Bristow. <laughs> or um, if not Vaya, then Bayer. See, something with all our initials in it, CJKV. I don't look. There's hard letters to work with in Scrabble, but there's there are ways. <laughs> Go to a crossword solver website. Can you imagine if they had three pigs? CJK and Oh, I would have loved nothing more on this green earth. Oh. Like there's actually no time that I could cope with being called a pig. No, that's the only one. <laughs> this is it. Oh, yeah. Um, God, I would have died. But I just want to say, neighbours, writers. Your shout-out was heard. It was heard around the world. It was around the world because before we watched the episode, there was other people watching the episode mm. saying, watch the episode, there's a bloody ceramic pig. Yeah, the, yeah. the bat signal went up, mm. the pig the pig signal in the sky. Everyone was excited. It was a joy. And just a few months ago, we were sort of saying, oh, we don't really have our mojo. And then it was – I don't know what the timing was. I don't know if anyone heard that at the time and went, we better write some mojo in. Yeah. these birds it's literally every t- ever since we haven't had mojo it's just been constant mojo on this show yeah. i must say there'll be a tsunami in three four weeks when this show airs in the uk oh i can't wait yeah. yeah maybe it'll get me back on tiktok i've had a tiktok break oh so okay for the uninitiated many years ago dr carl kennedy hmm. Bought a giant ceramic pig, and ceramic is kind of my word. So it was a big. It was probably even a fiberglass pig, but at the time I just thought it was a ceramic pig, and it was a lawn ornament. And Carl put it in the yard, and Susan hated it. And then it was it Christos and Nate. I don't know how far back this goes. Christos and Nate were involved with that pig at some yeah. point. Yeah, and like they stole the pig, and they had T-shirts made, and it was a whole thing. The ceramic pig was called Elvis and Susan had said, put it in the garage, I never want to look at it again. And we find out in this episode she put it out for hard rubbish. Yeah. I can't imagine how Susan got that out the front (laughs) because, (laughs) I mean, last week my husband and I decided we were together in a room and we decided to get rid of a sofa that has been plaguing us for years. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's too low. We are too old to get up and down from that thing. Um, that is really low. God. It's really low, really low. Oh. Um, and then I asked for his help to move it and he said, what do you mean? Can't we just get a new cover for it? I'm like, no, 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 we made this decision. Yeah, that does not solve the problem. <laughs> and so I don't know how Susan got this out the front. But also she didn't have to get it out the front because it was a big lie. Oh, no, she did. It wasn't a lie. She said she sent it to the farm. Yeah. That no, was but the lie. To get it out on the street for hard yeah. rubbish. How did she do that? Because Carl would go through all the neighbours' hard rubbish. Also, hard rubbish, so when, I don't know how it works around the world, but when hard rubbish say it's like, you know, the 25th of June or whatever it is, leading up to that date, people start putting their stuff out on the nature strip and Mm. then so that other people can come and forage and get what they want. And good stuff goes. Like an an old couch, okay, it might not go straight away, but someone might find a use for it. But an oversized, ugly ceramic pig no one's going to snap that up. So Carl would have walked past that every day in the lead up to Hard Rubbish Day. I figured it out. Yeah. He's gone to see What's-Her-Face in England. Oh, great. Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you got a husband like Carl, he has to go and see his illegitimate children. <laughs> yeah, great. Susan's like, Susan's like, the heavens have aligned. Hard Rubbish has synced up with Carl's visit to England. Yeah, and she just put all his shit out there. Yeah. But also, Carl, don't pretend you're attached to it. It's like, oh, I loved Elvis the pig. You haven't looked in the garage for four years. No, you didn't <laughs> even know. Um, but isn't it weird that Melanie loves a same thing as oh. Carl? Yeah, talk talk us through how the pig arrives with Melanie. So Melanie's doing that thing you do when you've got a new boyfriend, where you come <laughs> into his home and rearrange shit. Yeah. Um, so it's either their wardrobe, their career. Bed linens. <laughs> their bed linens, kitchen cabinets as it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get rid of some stuff. I think Melanie could probably get rid of some room na- mates, but what she focuses mm. on is the kitchen <laughs> yeah. and then bringing in a pig because she collects ceramic pigs. Oh, no, all pigs, maybe. I think the emphasis was on ceramic. This is Bristol. I am leaving him with you. He likes to be in the action. 
and um, he'll remind you of me when I'm not here. <laughs> I collect pigs. I've got hundreds of them at home. <laughs> Carl actually had something similar a while back. That's right, Elvis. Yeah, he didn't last too long, did he? Oh, how joyous. And she comes in with Bristow, this little black and white yep. porcelain pig. Which was very, very cute. And she's going to leave that at Toadie's. Yeah, for some good feng shui. Yeah, which is like she's just like so on character because I don't even think they need to like write down this weird stuff. Like later on in this week she says she's only eating white food and says that she (laughs) – and I was just like, yeah, I'll go with that. Like that's that's a Melanie thing to say. I was going to ask you about it. Is this something that I don't know about, eating white food? Probably. I avoid white food because it's (laughs) it's generally got carbs in it. It's delicious. (laughs) Yeah, it's delicious. But, yeah, like – I guess white and healthy, which was what she was, you know, she was going like protein sauce, sauce and um, what was it? Egg whites. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, is she going to do weightlifting? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, she was preparing for the workout we find out. Oh, later. well, then that's what she was doing. Mm. It is, it's different. When, so when a character like Dippy comes in and they give her kind of the ethnic mystic characteristics, mm. um, it doesn't sit right. But when a character like Melanie comes in and is, like marches to the beat of her own drum, she can say anything and you go with it and mm. it's it's not problematic. It's fun. It's so fun. Yeah, and so like it's not weird that she's like, oh, feng shui, Melbourne Zalga, Zalga, yeah. ceramic pigs. You're like, okay. Of course. Why, Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Not only do we have the ceramic pig drop in that moment, but then she walks off, Toadie's holding the pig, and then Susan does, like, miming of whipping, like, that he's whipped, that he's... Yeah. Oh. You haven't gifted that. You haven't gifted that yet. No, I haven't. I'm, look, solo, I'm solo parenting, mate. I, yeah. I, I do not have time. <laughs> As a single mother, you can't gift, Susan. So... Much joy to be had over the ceramic pig, multiple references. I don't know who was responsible for that. I don't know how people are getting away with this in the writer's room saying, did they say, can we put in a ceramic pig reference for the neighbours' gals? No, because I don't I reckon. Of, I can't imagine that would get approved because we're not we're not everyone's favourite people around there. Well, you, do, you know how television works because it was actually part of the storyline, right? So. Yeah. A writer, like a script writer, wouldn't have done it. It would have been like some sort of storyliner, right? Well, that's what I. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Did a storyliner say, okay, so Melanie brings in an object, like some kind of talisman, and then did the episode writer get to have a bit of license and decide what it was? I should have paid attention. I'm going to go back while we're talking. I'll go back and see who wrote that episode. Did the episode writer say, well, it's going to be a ceramic pig? You know, like did they get to choose that? I'm going to look it up. Yeah, because, I mean, really, they could have picked anything and Carl probably would have been weird about that particular object. He would have had something in the garage. (laughs) Okay, Stephanie Carter wrote that episode and we don't have a a relationship, so. Okay. Thanks, Steph. Thanks, Steph. If that was you. I must say, though, like, we are the Original Neighbours fan podcast. Yeah. So while you coined this, it's a term held by Neighbours fans now. Yes, it's, been part, it's part of the lexicon. Mm. So I think while this is a shout-out to us, it's also a shout-out to, like, Neighbours listeners, the council, like all all of us, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so thank you. Yes. And and obviously to, to tie all that up, the ceramic pig then become became the emblem of the, the dodgy C plot, the comic, the comedic storyline. And in this week the ceramic pig plot was its own ceramic pig plot. Very meta. And it came to symbolise, so Susan cracks the whip, symbolising that Toadie's under the thumb, and Mm. now he's like, oh, I just want a minute alone. And that's then it springboards from there, where Toadie's, Mel's got their whole week scheduled out and the WhatsApp group calendar and everything, and he just wants a moment to himself. So Yashvi sort of helps him suggest that he's got a lot of work to do and he's going to stay at the office, and instead he goes home to watch wrestling. Remember when they got rid of Sonia? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And the reasons behind that, I am so glad that Carl and Suze are still there because the scenes with them have taken me through this pandemic. So when Toadie jumps over that damn fence. <laughs> in his bo- boxer shorts. In his boxer shorts and his burger T-shirt and just appears in their backyard while they're bickering <laughs> about a pizza oven. The new pizza oven to replace the one that exploded. Nice touch. Which they would have got on their insurance, I'm sure. It was perfect. 
Yeah. And Susan was like, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> this is ridiculous. And so Melanie has appeared in his house because she didn't think he was going to be there. She's like fixing his crockery cupboards mm. and he flees the scene and it's like, well, can I have dinner with you guys? And, and Susan's like, well, we're going to have pizza, but also you need to go and tell your girlfriend what's bothering you because this does not end well. Yes, and Susan, who had done the crack the whip thing, was having a bit of fun with it. Yeah. But then she's like, you know what, Melanie's amazing and you're the worst for lying to her. Yeah, I love all this light-hearted Kennedy stuff. Let me get this straight. You lied to Melanie about having to work late. You asked us to mind the kids just so you could lie around on your couch in your underwear and now you're hiding from her because you don't want to tell her the truth. Come on, Susan. The woman never gives him a minute to himself. Of course he has to resort to stealth. There is nothing stealthy about this. No, I know it looks bad, but she's not getting any of my hints. Have you tried being honest with her? Oh, don't be stupid. I like her. I don't want to ruin this. She's very cute. It is very sweet and it is very true to life because you've got one person going too far and the other one just not wanting to say anything. And, like, I like Susan's happy because, I mean, if you think about some of the women that Toadie's fallen for in his life, not just after Sonia... You know, like the whole D. Andrea situation and even Sonia to a certain extent. Like she had her problems, right? Mm-hmm. So Melanie is kind of a breath of fresh air. Yep, wonderful. And if this is the worst problem that she accidentally told her his kids too soon that she was the girlfriend and then she's overscheduling them, then that's a, they're fine. Good, nice problems to have. Yeah, I mean I do think that the 18-year-old slash 19-year-old women should just stop going out with them. <laughs> Um, in the house and not be like, oh, yeah, I'll go to family karaoke. But um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so then she comes to the Kennedys, sees Toadie n- not at work and is gutted and then he's got to go and make that up to her and um, she's like, no, I just wanted some time to myself. So then he has a boys' day with Coyle and Carl and then she goes on a – like Susan's quite sweet and says, hey, Melanie, I don't know you very well. Why don't we hang out? And then they go and organise a day spa day together. That is a schmozzle because Mel talks Susan's ear off and points out her crow's feet and it's hilarious and I hope that they both enjoyed playing that because it was divine. And now, but CJ, I'm going to need you to walk me through the boys' day. The boys' sesh, as Carl called it. And Toadie's like, don't call it that. <laughs> Oh, my God, it was awesome. So they were off to the hangar. So the Essendon Football Club has a spiritual home at Windy Hill, which is in Essendon. In 2013, they built the hangar, which they share with the Paralympians out in Tullamarine near the International Airport. And guess why I walked, drove past it this week and and a couple of weeks ago? Because it's next to your fake beach. It's next to my flamingo bar. <laughs> it's next <laughs> to Urban Surf, the fake beach. At one point it was sponsored by a solar electricity thing and it used to be a a light all the time even three o'clock in the morning (laughs) because because there's so much sun out there because it's just open plains you know and I thought it was weird because they were going out there I guess to watch them train but they kind of had like this maybe they were going to a game it was confusing maybe it was like a practice They they all had their footy merch on yeah which like bomber tragics would wear that to training yeah I've got to be honest like I have (laughs) and Several things over the last few months, and obviously not at the moment, have made me say, I need to go to training. (laughs) And this actually made me do it. So that goes to pieces because Cole and Carl are at each other's throats, which is funny because they work together on the tram. So how have they gotten along so well this far? What I love about it is Kyle is constantly mansplaining how to treat your boss to his girlfriend. (laughs) And then... Carl is kind of his boss, right? Yeah, he's his uh, landlord. But he's, like, willing to say anything to this guy. Yeah. Like, your music's so shit. Sounds like a cat in a bagpipe. And he's like, that's actually cruel to me. Yeah. This is me singing. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't like someone singing. You can't just overtly. No, you don't say that. No, like, under no circumstances. So, um, so for whatever reason, they turn around. Yeah, they don't go to the training. Which I'm like, if you have a terrible situation where it's a terrible journey to get there, just keep going because then at least you get something out of the journey. Don't turn around. Yeah, then it's just a terrible day. 
which is what it was for Toadie, and then he missed Melanie. Which is kind of what you want, like, from Melanie's situation, where she's, like, go and hang out with your friends, and then he's like, oh, actually, so much better than them. <laughs> and then Mel had a bad time because she just couldn't get a word out of Susan, but Susan was just sitting there being miserable. Oh, gosh. I feel, uh, yeah, I feel for Susan because it's weird because she's she's kind of saying, like, Melanie's uncouth, I don't want to, you know, um, hang out with someone who's so chatty or says the wrong thing or whatever. Yeah. But she was willing to let Milsey live in her house. <laughs> you know, like, she's a bit strange, isn't she? Yeah, you could tolerate um, your murderous, abusive lodger, but you can't have a day with your verbose chatty Cathy, pseudo-son's girlfriend. Yeah, pseudo-son's girlfriend, which is strange. And she was willing to have that terrible woman, Angela, over for dinner when she thought she was with Toadie. Oh, wouldn't it remember she was not willing. That was all Carl. That's true. But she <laughs> she opened the door. <laughs> but anyway, the ceramic peak was fantastic and just that Essendon shout-out, it was just yeah. very this side of town, wasn't it? Now, CJ, I am really delighting in the unraveling of Nicolette. And mm. fierce being back in town and ruffling her feathers, and even admitting to Hendrix, he's like, Hendrix is like, you like pushing her buttons, and Pierce is like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's fun. And Hendrix is like, we'll cut it out because you're being a child. I bet it is fun because, like, he slept with Dippy, he had an affair with Dippy, he played a major role in the demise of his relationship. However, when people are go through some situation like this, they need to blame someone. Oh, yeah. And Fierce blames Nicolette. And she was buzzing around like a little bee, ready to sting at any moment. And it is, like, at the time, I'm not excusing his biphobia, homophobia, whatever it was, and Mm -hmm. the fact that his wife was also interested in women and that this lesbian, she couldn't have a lesbian friend and whatever the hell was going on there. But I am enjoying having an antagonist for Nicolette because it's often just Nicolette versus the world Mm. and it's much more of a spectator sport when she's actually got a physical nemesis. And and a willing one. Yeah. So she comes, he's back and it's also phase, it's her birthday but she's passed so it's RIP birthday. Yeah. And at my work um, we, we deal with death at my work and we just call them anniversaries, birthdays and special occasions mm-hmm. are the hardest days to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Fierce, being the, you know, piece of work he is, has remembered Faye's birthday and arrived just back in time for it, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think how this played out was unfortunate, but also what couple is not discussing the forthcoming special event not at all. Like, so they have board game night with Darren a lot. Surely Aaron and Chloe would have brought up, so mum's birthday is coming up. Are we going to do something? Yeah. How are we going to commemorate it? Yeah. And I just don't know. Chloe's like, I'm going to get out the handbag I bought her that I never got to give her. Which broke my heart, by the way. Worst thing. To, like, how devastating. I I remember my nana bought a wonderful woolen suit for my graduation and never got to wear it because um oh. because it was hot that day oh. and um so I buried her in it. Oh anyway, yeah, God, God, that's a beautiful story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm tearing up now. Oh. Um. So she wore it forever. Oh, um. That's amazing. I've got goosebumps. Yeah. And um. What color was it? It was a purple colour, her favourite colour, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah, like a Chanel-y kind of, not Chanel, but but like, you know, that kind of wool number, yeah. Mm. So she'll be warm tonight. So um, it's, look, it's devastating. And Nick definitely feels like she's just never knew that Faye's going to have a birthday. It's not that she slipped, it slipped her mind. It's just mm. it wasn't part of her memory bank at all yeah and when it does dawn on her when it's told to her like the blood drains from her face like oh i missed a trick here (laughs) because she's usually all about this sentimental stuff but she it's her time to shine Mm -hmm. and she she knows Faye. like Faye loved her she's probably facebook friends like it's probably on facebook yeah probably i wonder if they've done the in memory facebook page yeah but i was thinking about it fierce didn't even come back for the did did he go to the funeral? I doubt it. It was in Adelaide. But, um, I mean, 
who knows what kind of fake COVID travel restrictions <laughs> were happening. <laughs> um, but or maybe he was still in Greece with the daughter. Oh, God. Okay, fair enough. But I feel like he's come back all caring and stuff, but it's like, did you even call when she died? <laughs> Because I don't think so. Because it's fiercy to send flowers, beautiful he flowers. Sent, he would have sent a wreath, yeah. Yeah. I reckon. A big one. 18 times bigger than any other one that's there. To back it up, Pierce is there and just sticking the knife in and like putting planting seeds of doubt to, into Chloe about the relationship and she's mulling that over. Then she wakes up and it's her mum's birthday and she puts on a black dress and she goes about her day very solemnly but doesn't loop her partner in as to why she's a little bit glum. <laughs> Yes, but it's like everyone else knows. So it feels like Nicolette is meant to know. But So there was a scene the night before where, she, as you said, she's glum and she's like thinking about things and Nicolette leaves to go to work. So it's like um, sliding doors in, in the way that like they talked about it and just like thought they talked about it in front of Nicolette. Mm. Like literally I feel like everyone in the street knows. I feel like Coyle knows that it's Faye's birthday. <laughs> And he's going to whip off his kit and go, do, do you remember when I showed him my, my, my PP? Let's, let's do that together. <laughs> um, it, just, it, was, it just was very weird that they didn't say in the days leading up. So the, whatever it was, the ninth is coming up. What are we going to do? And as you said, Nicolette is the kind of person that would really create a situation, like figure out something beautiful. Like firstly, she knows all about death. She's been a hospice yeah. nurse. And also because she, um, speaking of photos that will come into play, she put together the photo board of their last week together. Yeah. And that was even before Chloe, like, they started a relationship. So, mm. like, now she was going to really pull it out of the park. I mean, it was one of the, it was one of her lures. <laughs> it was. So she calls Chloe over to talk about it, to talk about, you know, why are you being such a B to me when... <laughs> Because also she sees Chloe in the par- in the pub with her Pierce ha- comforting her, his arm around her. Yeah, which I mean, imagine walking in on that. You oh, would, no. you'd be so pissed. Yeah. Fire engines came out of her ears. Yeah, she she was to rage in that moment. Yes. Yeah, she went home and she just raged, and she Harlow was there for some weird reason, whatever reason. And they find the wedding album now for the same reason that Levi was getting a coffee when Nicolette needed to talk to someone, and suddenly they're pals. He's like, I'm just a patron. I'm just here for a coffee. Yeah. And she's like, no, well, I don't have friends. I have my mum and that's it. So if you want a coffee, you're going to sit and have a talk to me about my relationship. Yeah. I mean, to think what Dippy used to make people do for a coffee, <laughs> like this is nothing. Um, now, Chloe's got the wedding album out. Oh. Faye was at the wedding. <laughs> I want to say yes. So the whole family was there. So one that would be one reason why the photo album was out. Faye's birthday and looking at that, as Chloe mentions, a happy time. But what do you think? Do people keep wedding albums after divorce? Of course they do. I I live among divorce. This is how I've lived my whole life. And one of my favourite things to do as a kid was to open up my parents' wedding album, even though they, like, it's very rare that my, I've seen my parents in the same room, but that's a fa- an album where they're in the same room and it's and they're dressed like the late 70s and it's funny and there's weird photo effects on the, the hard copy photos of, like, rainbow halos around them and everyone's in pretty dresses and I get to see my cousins young and it's a great time. Hmm. It doesn't matter that they're not together. Yeah, it's like... Like watching a CTV series that's finished, like say an actor goes on to do a different show, that doesn't mean you can't crack open the DVDs and give it another watch. Yeah, and like my parents are still together and as a child I would look at their wedding photos with the same kind of like 70s enthusiasm, if you make (laughs) sense. Like my mum wore bell bottoms on the way out for like their honeymoon. And like I don't think it's weird to keep that. Yeah, and even with recent divorces or separations like you still have a fondness on that day you still go hey you know what we ended badly but look for a brief moment we were in a good place I just want to bring Nicolette aside and say like I know you moved in on the second week of the relationship but like calm the f down lady she was with fierce for quite some time they had yeah, at least a year <laughs> yeah at least a year and but they had like you know they had the tryst first before he went away and came back remember in the in the snow yeah they knew each other for a while 
And they went through some stuff as in phase diagnosis. Well, no. Yes. Yes. Because Chloe got diagnosed first, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But they went through like the beginning of phase illness and then finding out that there's a son and then taking in that son. Yes. And then Chloe had a miscarriage. They've been through some stuff together and they divorced it was quite sad, but they were amicable when he left. Yeah, she's like, this is done and that's it. And firstly, that's someone else's property. So Nicolette sees the album, spits chips, and then in a rage starts tearing the photos up, yeah. including photos of Chloe and her mum. Yeah. Oh. It was weird. They seem to have bought some photography package. I guess Pierce spared no expense because she's like, these were some really precious family memories that you've ripped up, thinking – can't you just print them off again? Like, But clearly, so then Pierce says, we'll talk to the photographer. I'm sure there's digital copies. So they must have sprung for some package where the photographer puts them all together in a special album so you don't have to. What a weird phone call, Pierce, to make. You know how I got divorced? Well, I'd really like a new copy of my wedding album. Um, because my wife's new girlfriend ripped up the old one. Yeah. Be like, yeah, she is a bit weird. Um, <laughs> the new girlfriend. Um, but there's been... This is, as you're saying, Nicolette, rather, is unravelling. And there's a scene like a, you know, on Next Week on Neighbours where she says, I'm having a baby with Chloe. And I mean. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) That's, yeah. (laughs) Certainly hope that one of um, the Darrens is there to hear that. Mm. Um, Mm. I don't know what they're going to do with that information because she is still holding their baby. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. We, were waiting, we were all waiting for that one. So Chloe really basically has to talk to Nicolette like she's a small child and say, excuse me, firstly, that's my property. Um, I'm allowed to look at it. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to cheat on you because I just went through that and that felt bad, so I'm not going to do that to someone else. And – Pull your head in. Yeah, and I'm, I must admit I really enjoyed that because I feel like a lazy neighbour's time would have been Chloe apologising for looking at the album. Mm, um, yeah. But she didn't do that. Like she's like, that's no. mine, this is my history and I own that. So like as in not just the album but her history. Mm. And, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that. It was realistic. And I'm a beautiful woman. And I like to look at myself. Yeah. Have you seen how cute I looked in those <laughs> have, wedding dress? Have, have you seen me? Yeah. Like she's probably got Ellie and um Brennan's album because she looked great that day too. <laughs> Wouldn't have. Actually, that would be amazing if they planted that seed of jealousy because oh. Nick would be so dripping with jealousy over Ellie. Yeah, because oh. Ellie's a woman and Chloe – like, so firstly, they're comparable. And secondly, you know, it was, it was somewhat unrequited. Yeah, and she she jumped into the Pierce relationship to help her get over Ellie's, the Ellie heartbreak. Oh, yeah. I so need it. I need it. Ellie's always going to be the one that got away. Not fierce. No, no. <laughs> it's Ellie. Remember that massage scene when she was pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, it's, it's all been a great – it's just been really fun to watch. And then Nicolette was like trying to say, oh, but Pierce, you know, pushed my buttons. And Chloe's like, who cares? I don't care. You're my girlfriend. What are you doing? It's your behaviour that's messed up, not mine. Pierce has been riling me. I haven't even told you the half of it. So take it out on Pierce, not me. I have done everything to make you feel comfortable about him being here, even when there is literally zero reason for you to feel threatened. And then she makes up for it that night. She comes around with a birthday cake for Faye and they have a nice time. She says they're sorry and they're fine, but they're not fine, but whatever. Uh, and I, I wanted to judge that cake as not homemade, but then I remember she runs the cafe. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because Nicolette canonically is not a good cook, so she's not cooking anything in that cafe. No, but maybe maybe she's hidden this all along, you know. Maybe it was her hobby. No, she's, it's not because whenever she's on the cooking roster, they complain. They're like, ugh, Nicolette's cooking. It's going to be gross. Oh, well, then it's going to be a terrible cake. <laughs> no, she, she makes all her staff do it. and She outsources. Yeah, good on her. Um, and then they go outside because apparently it's a beautiful night. I believe that was torrential rain which um, <laughs> where there's been actual floods in Victoria. <laughs> also, in Melbourne, um, we only just got allowed to go outside to socialise again. So we're all like – 
there's all these memes going around like, okay, you can go outside and then raining. Okay, outside equals, yeah, downpour. But we're all doing it still. There's restaurants that have domes that they've erected so people can sit outside. Oh, yeah, like I've got a snow jacket in the back of my car in case when I get to a place I'm not one of the chosen 20 or whatever that can be loud inside. <laughs> so like a, an apocalyptic movie, you're chosen 20. <laughs> that, that, that is what we're living now there, yes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about the event of the week, the longest workout. At Flamingo Bar, I have questions, CJ, as a marketer mm. for a living. Why is a bar hosting an exercise fundraiser? So on the count event. on the council, you mentioned fundraiser, but I'm not sure it is a fundraiser. I think it's just a promotion. I just thought I often find that fundraisers are connected with um, a finality of some description. So rather than being the longest workout or the you know the longest dance or whatever they are more like you know 50 kilometers and you do it as quick as possible or or the Oxfam trail walker so yeah we're going to do this like two day hike exactly but we're going to end it's going to end and then we'll be tired and then you'll give us money yeah um but it just felt like it was a promotion activity i could have missed that entirely i i, tr- I tried really hard i'm i'm so i tr- i tried to follow the logic but i couldn't cuz then they had the photo shoot to pro- for people to sign up for the workout, to promote the bar. And then the longest workout ended up just being like a dance-off, like a dance, like they were all doing Zumba for the day and then – Yeah, and Carl person- almost won. Yeah, if, if this is a competition where Carl's almost winning. I reckon I could have gone for it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm wondering whether like food venues and gyms go together really well, mm-hmm. um, bars a little bit. Like if you're in a place where people aren't driving, it, it makes sense. Like why not yeah. drink after working out, right? Like you're all sweaty. You've seen some sweaty people. Like everyone's excited. Mm-hmm. But often, you know, like you'll have like a, a, a cafe or something like in a gym that serves like protein shakes or like meals that like fit into like whatever way of life they're promoting. Or there might be like a, um, a Greek place near a gym I used to go to where you could go and get like souvlaki meat like on your way home to just eat meat. <laughs> and what's your what's your point here with the with the longest workout? You can see it working? No, I don't understand how the flamingo bar and the gym are really sort of attached in this way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. like I don't see a clear line. And the beach volleyball made sense because there's a fake beach there. That you're very correct. It, that makes sense. But also like if they're going to do a promotion for the gym, cute. That sounds cute and it gets people all there. But, like, they don't actually have a goal of wanting people to get fit. They want people to drink and eat. I'm really confused. And it seemed to have a lot of organisation behind it for something that was just put some mats on the floor and then have a playlist. Yeah, which coincidentally is how people have to go to the gym in Melbourne. Like, this is actually quite <laughs> real. But I remember when Brad used to do Pilates on the lawn? He was ahead of his time. He was. Um, <laughs> I think if they were to connect it with – you know, a fundraiser for Sonia's charity or something, oh, that makes sense. But yeah. this just doesn't really make sense. And, like, she keeps getting people to come, Roxy and Amy with the volleyball and this, they keep getting, like, sporty people to come to the bar. But what they need is, like, alcoholics. <laughs> Go to the community centre. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, like have have a social night. Like have a singles kind of night or something. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Warhol's already running rings around them because they used to do the multi-generational speed dating night. Like they've got events in the bag. Get Carl and um and Tony down to do a nudist day. <laughs> Imagine all the sand in those cracks. I don't want to. <laughs> but everyone, everyone's very stressed. The morning of the event I had flashbacks to when I used to do promotions at the radio station. I It was not a good feeling, not a, flash, not a good flashback feeling. Roxy. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at the crack of dawn reminded me of the street team people that always used to look fired up and ready to go at 5am. But all Amy needed was a little G up from Ned just to touch her on the arm and go, hey, you got this. My goose is cooked. You can still smash this. But are you got a time machine or something? No, but I've got time to go and get some takeaway and then on the way back I'll stop at the shed and get as many towels as I can. Just smooth things over with the boss. You got this. 
I'm a bit uncomfortable with this. How do you feel about it? I'm into it. Oh, of course you I are. Feel, but I feel dirty for being into it because of Yashvi. Number of reasons. Because Yashvi's father, yeah, was sleeping with Amy, who is Ned's boss and Yashvi's ex. Now remember that episode of Seinfeld when they talked about the chip and how many times you could dip it. Yep. It feels like there's some weird chip action going on there. It's a soggy chip. It's time to get a new chip. Yeah. But I liked when Amy first arrived, I need to stop getting hung up on the, my feel, the feeling I first have. <laughs> so when Amy first arrived, she was checking Ned out. She's like, he's cute. What's he doing? Mm. You know, and they had, a bit of, they had a bit of back and forth playfulness. Mm-hmm. And then she went for Puffy. Now we're back on the Ned train. <laughs> yeah. If she had never gone out with Puffy, I'd be all for this. Yeah. I like them. And she's his boss, but. Yeah. Do, yeah. Oh, well, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? But, I mean, he could mm. just move on. Like, Yeah, it's just, he's just a glassy, like whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, they kind of like, they vibed a bit at the, at the, at the, yeah. what, what was that place? The hive? They vibed at the hive. They vibed at the hive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they got along. They were kind of like fun colleagues. But she should have just gone out with him to begin with. <laughs> like, couldn't they have yeah, brought someone but- else in to sleep with Puffy? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, and I feel weird because she's befriending Yashvi. Yeah, her housemate. There's another element of the equation. Yeah, and, like, this is not – like, Harlow said she was okay with McKendrix and Hendrix. McKen- <laughs> whatever. <laughs> with that. Um, and Yashvi's not going to be okay with this. Oh, she'll go nuclear. Yeah. Um, so what ends up happening? So a few, there's a few, there's a bit going on, and Amy and Roxy have been at each other's throats all week. Well, Amy's been a workplace bully to Roxy, and it comes to a head. The barbecue gets set alight. One of Roxy's last minute ideas, like let's have a barbecue, let's give out tea towels, and like what? No, who's embossing tea towels a day before? Mm. It's just a, like just somebody say no to somebody, please. Bloody tirade, saying, oh, that's a nice idea. Like, what a terrible thing to do, Terrence. People can't organise this. No. Um, but with this fire, these two ladies are brought together, and I'm talking about the literal fire, not the one out the back with Ned, and they, these two ladies are brought together. Yeah, and so there's this moment where Ro- Roxy runs off and Amy thinks she's going to leave her to die by in the fire, <laughs> and then Roxy comes back with the hose. Yeah. And Amy's like, no, 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 we need sand, it's an oil fire, and then they help throw the sand on the thing and then Paul screams. No, no, and then they- it was to rage. Oh, to rage, sorry, to rage raged. And she said, what's going on here? And I, I loved it because I thought, are they meant to stop putting out the fire <laughs> to answer you? <laughs> no, and no one was running to help, just the two of them with their buckets. Yeah, oh, God. Like we're building a sandcastle. What do you reckon, mate? But Roxy just says, like, look, fires happen, Arnie T. Chill. And she just does. It was a little bit my fault. It was a little bit her fault. What are you going to do? But then, as you said, Amy says, oh, I thought you would just run off on me. And Roxy gets upset with her for thinking that rather than reflecting on her behaviour, which I would have liked because mm. it's not her f- – it's not Amy's fault that she has the job Amy, uh, that she wants. Yeah. It's not. And it's not Amy's fault that you give off – would leave someone to die in a fire vibes. <laughs> it's not. And and I think saying I really am disappointed you feel that way about me and yeah. I and I, I don't want that anymore. I think is that's fair. But mm. I think getting angry at her wasn't fair. So anyway, they they come to a conclusion though. They're at peace. They're going to go on being boss and employee and hopefully not bully each other. Um and Ned is firing up Amy for the big Zumbarathon. And is giving her all these dance moves, and he's really he's he suddenly embodies his father, and just can he probably was about to do a pirouette in the middle of the complex. I mean, imagine Brad just doing that, like he <laughs> randomly did at that wedding, which I will never let go of. Um, and why it makes sense for the actor, but not the character, you know? Yeah. Um, but in that moment, I thought I was just thinking of your review of his play. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was too, actually, because I had just listened to it, and he was so into that. He was so into those dance moves, and I was like, "You really went there. You you did some deep diving f- for your character that day." Yeah, and he's like a musical theater nerd, like Ben Hall is, right? Yeah, yeah. So this was, you know, he likes music and dance. So yeah, we'll get to the competition in a second, but at the end of the episode, Amy takes Ned aside and thanks him for his support. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, thanks. It took my mind off my horrible breakup. Uh, it was good to have some fun. And Amy's like, well, let's have some fun and grabs him for the pash. Yeah, wow. End of week. Yeah, I mean, what a great – look, what a classic neighbour's way to end the week, you know? Classic. Classic way. But I'm very uncomfortable with it and it's going to yeah. take a lot to get me on side. I was much more into him with Sheila too. Me too. Me too. Me yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, but look, Sarah pointed out in the council that what's Ned's type? Is it just whoever is in his proximity? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, hey, uh, whatever works. <laughs> and I added Andy's interested in him. He goes with it. I think he's just, you know, he's attracted to a strong vibe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the vibe of the thing. Mm-hmm. So... We'll pick that up next week. But just in the middle of all of this is this aerobics Oz style marathon of the workout. And we've got Kyle, Carl, Toadie, because Susan's like, please enter this. She grabs Toadie by the face and she's like, you have to enter this competition because I can't deal with those other two. And then while the competition's going on, Susan is inside reading a book in the Flamingo Bar. Yeah. There was nothing more beautiful than that vision. Yeah, and someone comes up and asks, like, doesn't she want to, like, go outside? And she's like, no. I don't. (laughs) She's like, he's going to be gloating about this forever. And then he he ends up throwing the competition to help Kyle, who's keeled over. Yeah. And then Susan's more proud of Carl for that. Yeah, and I wonder, is this, like, the Carl and Coyle love affair? (laughs) begins because um kyle sees him but like when is he going back to be a doctor he doesn't seem to be in any great hurry and the hospital doesn't seem to be in a great hurry to have him back mm. i mean i was out there this week actually and he wasn't there erin's <laughs> oh, hospital i was yeah <laughs> um oh, we haven't had much hospital action so it's Maybe probably the, the set's not in action at the minute, I guess. Yeah, but like we haven't seen David at work much no. and stuff. So I mean, I guess there's no point bringing him back if there's no hospital storylines, right? Oh, Nicolette's gonna have a baby soon. They'll have to go to hospital for that, or like a manger. No, no. or yeah, yeah, just um, regional Victoria. Mm. Now, CJ, an important moment in this uh, workout comp. Mm. There's a little sidebar because um, Paul is always worried about Harlow just preoccupied with her prison boyfriend in the army, her army prison boyfriend. Mm. And they start to put bets on this workout comp and his ears prick up because Harlow wants to put her bet on Margot Robbie's brother, Jesse. I mean, who doesn't? Because he's fit. With fit a, as a fiddle. Capital F. He's not the full can of Coke, but he's fit as a fiddle. <laughs> yep. Um, it, look, he looks like a nice guy, but he's not like a Hemsworth, is he, you know? Like he's attractive. But I didn't know – that Chris Hemsworth could be a Hemsworth back when he was on Home and Away because I watched it back then. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's cute, whatever. Don't forget Liam was on Neighbours. He was like – f- Yeah, I do forget that though. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But Chris – Yeah, like, but Chris is a different beast. You are He right. was just – but at, when he was on Home and Away, I'm like, he's just an attractive Home and Away guy, no big deal. And it took like a decade of Hollywoodness mm. to transform him into a Hemsworth, you know. Yeah, and now you're like, oh, he's Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I see where you're going. Um. But he does like he's a he's an attractive man, and I guess he's fit. He doesn't seem like Aaron's fitter, I would say, yeah. and he never even works at his gym. So <laughs> no, he goes and does events at other places. Yeah. But anyway, he wins, but kind of by mistake, as Carl mentions several billion times, he rides his bike every day. He is probably the fittest guy. True. Yeah. I kind of wanted him to win because. I liked the idea of somebody being like, actually, I work at my fitness and that's why I'm fit. Like, it's not just that I'm young and attractive. Yeah, I'm not a poser. Yeah. And it was cardiovascular fitness. It wasn't like they were doing weightlifting or something. Like, it was the fitness that Carl does. So, Paul notices Harlow is attracted to Jesse. Yeah. And then he takes Jesse aside. Yeah, because Paul likes to control things. And he says... What's – who are you, <laughs> basically? 
<laughs> and he says it to Rage as well. She's like, he works for us. He's worked here for months, Paul. Um, and he's like, oh, sir. And he's he really like he's really come about of it. And he wants to be Paul when he grows up, basically. And he asks him if he has a boyfriend. And this poor kid has to say, I don't, I'm not into you, sir. It's very admirable, Cameron Robbie. Yeah. He could have just been like, oh, I better go along with this so I can get a career leg up. Yeah. But he didn't. <laughs> he may be a ding dong, but he's got his wits about him. Also, I love that it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm straight. <laughs> it was, I don't want to go out with yeah. my boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I just thought that was good. So we we still don't know his sexual orientation, do we? No. Um, or if he's single because he didn't answer the question. No, he just didn't want to go out with Paul. <laughs> I can't. Look, it's it's fun. It's adorable. Oh, but the highlight of that entire workout session that made me – workout comp that made me snort laugh. I snort laughed. When Melanie was there. She didn't want Toadie to see her because she was trying to give him space. And so she hid behind Cameron Robbie and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I don't want my boyfriend to see me. And he's like, which one's your boyfriend? She goes, that zaddy over there. And she just like, she looks at his bum the whole time and she's like, look at him. I just text, look at him. I texted my 26-year-old sister. I'm like, number one, what does zaddy mean? Number two, do you say this? And she said, I don't know. No. <laughs> but, but oh, it was glorious. Melanie. It's all part of Melanie. Like she can just say a word. Anything. And yeah. And then they, you know, they have a heart to heart, like, okay, we can, maybe we'll just work together less, which is what we've been saying. Like, go to a different law firm, Mel. Um, I love that she's like, I'll cut down to a few days. And it's like, mate, he needs a full-time assistant. <laughs> like, you can't just decide that. Uh, he's fine with it, though, because he doesn't really need to work all the days, does he? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I see a bit of myself in Melanie. <laughs> I think we could all stand to have a bit of Melanie in us. Yeah. She's good She's good vibes. I definitely yeah. related to her at the day spa day. I was like, that's me talking the year off. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like, we would all have an aspect of Melanie. Yeah. Like, I mean, you and I both have ceramic pigs, don't we? Sure do. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. we need to do citizen or she doesn't of this week. Okay. Oh, it's a tough Gosh, week. What a time. What a time we've had. Um, can, you, we, can we give citizen to the writer of the episode? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thanks. Again, but we don't know whose idea it was, so we can't give credit officially until unless someone slides into my DMs and tells me they were responsible. Yeah, then post episodically, you would become the the yeah yeah that thing posthumously. No, that's wrong. (laughs) It's wrong. Um, Um, I have a sit. I have a shit as immediately. Okay, go for it. Has to be Nicolette. Mm. Nicolette. Who can beat the cigarette? Nobody when you're around because you can't be ripping up people's priceless mementos that cannot be reprinted. You just got to make a note. Even if you don't know when someone's birth, this deceased person's birthday is, you've got to just do some legwork here and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, she was asking all about town. Like, why doesn't my girlfriend love me? And somebody should have said, it's her mum's birthday. <laughs> so, like, Levi probably knew. <laughs> probably. Oh, my God, Levi. I am going to go. For, I'm going to pick something out that I mentioned earlier, which is not a big part. But Shittison for Kyle for constantly mansplaining how to be an employee to his girlfriend who has been an employee many times more than him. He has worked for himself. She's been an employee and an employer. She's done it all. Yeah. I'd hire her to run my bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually disagree with Kate last week that, you know, that being a flight attendant doesn't transfer. Like Mm. I don't think Kate outright said that, but I just disagree with that concept because I think it does. It's like a bar in the sky. <laughs> and <laughs> and also like her um we could we don't know what airline she could have worked for. She could have worked for one that had like sand in the aisles <laughs> or something weird. And I've been on a Qantas flight from like Melbourne to Singapore or whatever and it was full of like football players on some kind of trip and they were hammered the entire time mm. and you needed like bouncers at a nightclub to handle them. So mm. I, I, I have been on some hellish flights and, yeah, like um, a personality like Amy's wouldn't go astray. But Kyle, he's pretty much worked for himself most of the time and, like, that's fine. It's admirable, like, go for your life. But stop mansplaining to her how to be an employee. Stop go it. Go to your own job. Yeah. And, and do it there. Yeah, and stop pissing off your landlord. <sighs> okay, well, 
that was our own marathon sesh. That was the longest podcast. It was. Um, <laughs> mainly because I had to stop and put my son back to bed. But thanks for sticking with us. Didn't name check any songs, so that'll be a surprise. Well, I choose. Come and find us on the Neighbours Council or on Patreon. I don't even know if you played B by Meredith Brooks, which is, by the way, one of my favourite songs as a teenager last week because I think my I ended my journey right as the episode was finishing. I was going to say, the song played 14 seconds later. <laughs> ah, fair enough. But, yeah, I think I had to get it out of the car. But um, I have been playing that all week to my dog. <laughs> Unrelated, <laughs> but I have been. Amazing. Mm. Well, follow CJ on Instagram. CJ the Hotness Mum. Yeah. Kate at Remude. I'm Vase on Instagram. Thanks for listening. We'll chat to you next week. Bye. Well, the first little piggy, well, he was kind of hippie, spent most of his days just a dreaming of the city. And then one day, he bought a guitar. He moved to Hollywood to become a star. But living on the farm, he knew nothing of the city. Built his house out of straw with a penny. Then one day, jamming on some chords, along came the wolf, knocking on his door. Little pig, little pig, let me in.